You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe and Vince. Welcome to For the Lord, this is Roger coming to you on Monday, the 1st of September, and we've got a hell of a show. There's going to be a lot of talk about a variety of different games because A, we're a little late, and B, Gamescom was last week, and we've got some PAX stuff going on right now. I, we're probably not going to touch too, too much on PAX right now, but we will definitely cover a bunch of the announcements, trailers, different things from Gamescom. Although I have to say, based on at least what I found, there weren't quite as many surprises this time around as what we kind of are a little used to. I don't know if you guys felt the same. I feel like a lot of that's ruined by just a, some of these games are already in early access, so they've already yeah. been kind of out there. And it's not just that. It's We've been saying this now for years, and it's becoming increasingly... Um, well, more true, truer as we go along, simply because we keep getting more and more of these different pressers and different conferences and mm-hmm. and such. I mean, we don't have to look any closer than the the um, the, the PlayStation one that's now going to be in its what third year, I think, coming up. So, like, we keep getting these new ones, and not to mention the fucking influx of packs all over the goddamn place. So. <laughs> That's partially why. That said, though, we did see some really fucking cool stuff. And let's start off with the one that I was the most impressed with. And I think a lot of people, it kind of caught people a little off surprise, by surprise, but a damn good surprise. And Vince, you were the one that brought this up initially, and that's Biomutant. Yeah, yeah. This is a game coming from a studio. They were the guys that worked on Just Cause and the Mad Max game, so they kind of have that open world gameplay thing on lock so they're taking what they learned there and moving in a different direction of badass ninja red panda so like how can you go wrong with that and it fucking looks gorgeous i mean it's one thing to 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 have that kind of cast and do that kind of thing with a game that has a a more simplistic art style which is nothing wrong with that but you look at this thing and it's fucking gorgeous did you watch the uh the actual like videos of people at gamescom who got to play the game not just the trailer i did not i saw the gameplay trailer but i didn't get to see any like reaction stuff it is at the okay so first of all the ui is fucking gorgeous and this is something that i i complain about in games an awful lot is when your ui is just so goddamn intrusive that it just completely takes away from the rest of the game Two, it the ui i'm talking about being important is because it is absolutely gorgeous and fluid as far as the game world around you goes uh, the amount of customization you get for your little mutant fur three arm murder machine uh, is kind of ridiculous as well. Uh, it's and it plays like you would expect a third person adventure platformer to go um, with RPG elements, and it's it looks like it's going to be a fucking blast. Yeah, let's go back to Vince. Vince, you were going to tell us about it. Yeah, like the the customization that Joe was talking about there is really the the key point of this game that you can customize all of your gear and it's not just like oh yeah I found a cool sword like no you can like rebuild your guns and your your sword from the ground up with all the tech that you find out there give it different ways of attacking different abilities 
you know, elemental effects. You know, like the near as I could tell, the sky is the limit for what you can do there. And on its own, that would be a fun game. But your character is also fully customizable, and not in the you know, oh, you get to see say what it looks like, but. It, it's right there in the title, Biomutant. You're going to come across radioactive and all kinds of other strange sources that you can take into your body and actually mutate it for different different tasks. You can, you know, hang from your tail or you can walk up walls. You can, like, it, I, I can't even begin to imagine, like, all of the craziness that's going to go in here. Like, I've seen some screenshots of, like, just these fucked up looking mutants. Where, like, yeah, his right arm is good for this. His left leg is good for that. But oh my god, it's just gonna be so much fun mixing and matching, experimenting, and just fucking up that poor little critter. I like it because it is the bio kind of upgrades versus what we're used to seeing with mechanical upgrades kind of deal. Mm -hmm. So it's just how much can you fuck up your body with with bio or different bio things like and and I thought it was awesome like when you see him reaching into the, via a puddle or whatever the fuck that was and his hand starts changing and mutating it was like oh dear lord I yeah I want some of that for sure especially <laughs> if there's enough of it so that not everybody's going to have the same kind of spec essentially that they're using but just random whatever it is that you happen to find that would be freaking awesome it, yeah. the other cool Sorry, I was going to say, the other cool thing is you're not alone in that aspect. Like, the stuff you come across is just as fucked up and weird and mutated as you are. And, like, I saw, like, I was reading some cool stuff. Like, it's not just, you know, changing physically, but, like, you can learn psychic abilities, telekinesis. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, there, there's no there's no holding back from this game, and I love it. Yeah, another one that looked good, too, which we did see before was Faye, which we got a little bit more. We saw a little bit more this time around. Once again, did not fail to impress. I It, it is as beautiful as we saw initially. And what was that? Was that a PAX or was that an E3? I can't remember now. But anyways. E3. Yeah, I think so. Together after a point. Yeah, but it's, it's, it, ju- it looks still as beautiful now as what we saw then and the gameplay really shows off that no this is actually going to be a lot of fun too not just pretty to look at yeah it's like and apparently the gameplay style follows almost like a metroid or zelda style game uh which like encourages re replaying through those areas going through uh rediscovering new things which is always crazy because you wonder how much stuff they put into it and the fact that these what they've shown so far is just so goddamn beautiful uh, and the color palette. Color palette's interesting, oh too. Oh, my like, God. No kidding. It's, I, I don't use the word ethereal too often, yeah. but, like, it fits here. It's, like, those those soft, muted, almost, like, pastelish type colors with, like, these very deep, vibrant spots. It's just, yeah, no, this is, this is, this is good. I agree. And then we saw some more of uh, Assassin's Creed Origin as well. Which, again, there's, there's not much point going too far into it because it, it's an Assassin's Creed game, certainly. But we got to see a lot more of what appeared to be not necessarily gameplay so much as various cinematics throughout and whatnot. Holy fuck, this game is beautiful. Like, we, we all love that setting. I'm really glad they're going back to there. And it just looks amazing. Beautiful, beautiful game. Say what you will about Ubisoft and, you know, what they've done with the Assassin's Creed franchise from gameplay perspectives and this and that, but they absolutely show care in bringing their environments to life. Like even the bad games, like they, mm-hmm. like, what was it? What was that crappy one? Unity was it? 
like even unity was like fine yeah but like it really evoked that revolutionary era Mm -hmm. france feel like in in the architecture and like they really engross the game in the time period it's set in and that's really the thing that makes that franchise as special as it is it's not just the gameplay because i honestly you've played a couple assassin's creed games you've kind of played them all like they, they make small tweaks here and there but it's just really getting into those cultures is what makes yeah. those games as special yeah. as they are. Yeah. I kind of have a question for you on that one, Roger. Is it enough to make you forget the magic arrow? Not, not forget, <laughs> but forgive. <laughs> if that's all right. <laughs> Another one that looked great that we were um, very surprised by when they first announced it was Ace Combat 7 which never would have thought I cannot wait for an Ace Combat game. But here we are. It just looks amazing story-wise. looks like a ton of fun. It kind of looks like it has a little bit of an anime flair to it, even in the story-wise, which if done right, could be a lot of fun as well. I'm really impressed. I'm looking forward to to actually playing that game. From what I hear, like, this isn't like Ace Combat 7 doing anything differently. Like, apparently this is how the franchise has always been, and we just haven't been paying attention. This good, though? Because if well, so, I mean, I'm going to go back and try technology 6. technology makes it look better and feel better, but, like, with, like, the over-the-top storytelling and a lot of the stuff that we've seen here, like, that's kind of what the franchise has always done. <laughs> yeah. Joe, we had talked about Attack on Titan a long time ago, we, off the podcast, you and I had chatted about it, and you had heard that it was very, very good. Did you ever actually get a chance to play it? No, unfortunately, I never have. I just haven't had the time. Vince, did you try it? No. Okay. I actually have it. I've been dying to try it, but as is want to happen, there's always another game to try. <laughs> and now we got a trailer for Attack on Titan 2. So if you are a fan of the IP, these games are actually supposed to be quite good and not like a lot of the other Attack on Titan games, which, let's be honest, yeah, exactly. I have tried to four that came out were garbage. Oh, man, they were bad. <laughs> and and that's kind of, even though, like, we had talked about it and you had said, like, no, this one's actually good. I'm still a little hesitant about it kind of deal. <laughs> so, but I am looking forward to to seeing more on Attack on Titan as well. Uh, two, I should say. What else we got here? We got eh, a whole bunch of stuff that nobody really cares about. What about Close to the Sun? Vince, go ahead. Yeah, this was a really interesting one. And like I, I'm really looking forward to seeing like what they do with this because right now, at least visually, it's very Bioshock. And a lot of that is just due to the concept of the game. So Close to the Sun is a, a first-person horror game that takes place on this massive sea liner created by Nikola Tesla so that he could had you know do his experiments you know, in peace and you know place for scientific. Like, that sounds an awful lot like fucking Bioshock, yeah. <laughs> except it's on top of the water instead of underneath the water. Crazy scientist wants a place to do all of his things. And it has that same like it, architecture. Like it's it's just feels from from a, a graphical and conceptual point very Bioshock. But of course, Bioshock was an action game that still had a lot of horror elements. So I think it's gonna be what they do with the setting and the concept that's hopefully going to to change this because the trailer was really cool like i really liked it 
it's just at the same time, I was like, it felt like I was looking at a DLC for Bioshock. So I, I hope yeah. that it can differentiate itself enough to to be its own thing because it actually does look pretty interesting. Yeah, we were um, we went to go see uh, our our eldest uh, on the weekend, and what I did is I actually downloaded all of those trailers. I put the link in the Discord. I just downloaded all the trailers and then slapped <laughs> them on my iPad. That way, I didn't have to worry about uh, roaming charging and shit. So. We were watching him. My son was in the back. My, my youngest son was in the back. And, and that trailer came, came on. And he's like, it's Bioshock. Look at it. It's freaking Bioshock. I went, yes, I know. <laughs> but it looks freaking cool. And Bioshock doesn't have a patent on that. So it's fine. But it really does look good. It looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm definitely in for it too. Especially because the idea of it being set on a ship. It feels very Cthulhu-esque in that regard, and I've been dying for something that's just, it, it's its pushing all the right buttons is right. really what it's doing. And then so. we got a crap load of freaking Final Fantasy fifteen news. The only one I cared about was the mobile one where they're all cute. <laughs> I, I have to say, watching the, the trailers and the gameplay for the, the pocket version, I think it's called. They did an amazing job recreating the PS4 game on a phone. Like, obviously, the graphics are completely different. But as far as, like, the content and the gameplay, it's pretty spot on. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing will depend on how you feel about Final Fantasy 15 in the first place. But I got to give props where they're due. Let's put it this way. You having played through the, the PS4 version, would you be interested in playing the mobile one start to finish as well? Oh, God, no. And A, that's because I've gone on plenty of times. As much as I played Final Fantasy XV, I didn't really like it all that much. But also, I have to wonder what their market is for this, because if it is such a recreation of the original game, like how many people are going to want to rebuy it episodically on their phone and play through essentially the same game? And if you don't have a PS4, or as we come to find out, a good PC, because it's getting a Windows version coming up soon as well, is this really how you want to experience the game is through your cell phone? Like, yes. I, I, don't, yes. I don't know. <laughs> I would rather experience it in those cute chibi guys on my iPad than emo dudes with spaghetti strainers on their head on the PS4. Yeah, but it, if the characters are cute, you're just going to be that much more disappointed when the story's terrible. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. Chibi goes a long way with me. <laughs> I mean, that's good to know. It really you is. You need Roger to pay attention to something, draw it in Chibi form. Chibi, Nendoroids, and Funko Pops. That's all I need to make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> but it did look cool. I am very curious, depending on the, the cost. If they decide, well, it's a full game, so we're charging you the full price, well, fuck you. I'm not going to play it. But if it's a reasonable price, I actually will pick it up. And hopefully enough changes have been made to make the story make sense. Hopefully. I'll watch that movie beforehand as well so that I'm prepared. <laughs> and I know a little bit more what's going on because I still haven't watched that. But, yeah, no, it actually interested me. Yeah, and then other uh, one other little bit of Final Fantasy 15 news that wasn't in this particular article. Do you know that they're actually doing crossover DLC with Assassin's Creed Origins? Really? 
Yes. What? <laughs> yes, it's a DLC where they're adding in like another festival that he that you can go to. And they did the the Chocobo Festival or whatever it was called. Yeah, and it's a, it's an Assassins Festival, and it look it's it's actual crossover with Assassin's Creed Origins. So it, like you can get like the the Egyptian armor and swords and stuff for I your Final so- Fantasy fifteen guys. I'm so confused. I want to know who reached out to who in exactly. that relationship. <laughs> Holy fuck. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, was there any other uh, FF15 you wanted to cover? Uh, no, that's good enough. Okay, let's move on. We're actually going to touch on Destiny 2. A couple of different reasons. The We got some more news and some rumors and such that have been coming up for the last couple of days. And... Actually, I don't want to touch on those too much because the game is coming out on consoles early next week. And most people are going to want some surprises. We already know a little bit too much as it is. But still, the um, the PC beta, well, demo, it's not, not a fucking beta, yeah. was mm-hmm. out recently. It just closed yesterday. And they were able to data mine a fuck ton from it. And that's where we got this information, which also included information about some of the exotics that are going to be appearing, some of the outfits that are going to be appearing and the exotic outfits as well. We got more information about how the auras are going to work, which is fucking awesome. That's a nice addition to it, as well as some more about the various strikes and when we can expect them, including the raid too. But just in terms of the PC version, now I'm assuming you both tried it. Joe, I know you did. Vince, did you try it? Oh, I played the hell out of it. I watched Alicia play it for a little bit. Okay, so you didn't Because again, her PC can run it, mine can't. Right, okay. And she didn't want to share? <laughs> Come no, on, I Allie. Was ha- I was happy with this thing. <laughs> I'm sure if I'd asked, she would have. Now, neither of you had played the console demo that came out a few weeks back, correct? Correct. Okay, Joe, seeing as you played it, how did you like it? How did you feel it, it played? Not just in and of itself, but also comparing it to your experiences playing one on the Xbox. I found it infinitely easier to dive into it and it felt more accessible to me. Uh, the controls, I'm a keyboard and mouse player. I've been saying that forever. Uh, it, it was a lot better. It actually oh, it felt like cheating. It, it, yeah. No, I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even say cheating, but it felt, it, it felt like I was on par with other people. Cause you can still plug in an Xbox controller and, yeah. and do it that way. But like, I didn't really do crucibles on, uh, the console like at all i didn't because i found it too cumbersome i couldn't turn fast enough i had no clue what was going on and like with the controller it just felt it felt like everything on the console was a blur and i just could not keep up uh and unless i was with a group of friends who were willing to take some time to kind of help me through things it just felt awful here it was the same goddamn speed but i felt like everything was massively slowed down for me and that's the best way I can put it because everything fell into place. I rebound a couple things. I dove into Crucible uh, and I was just having a fucking blast. As soon as I rebound those keys, it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, both Tristan and I had to do the same thing. I When I say cheating, I don't mean that in a bad way. You feel oh, like a badass. And that's something that they are working on tweaking a lot. The keyboard mouse plus the controller emulation for the PC version and things like that to make sure that it's still not going to be too much of an advantage one way versus the other. Because ironically, a lot of people tried with the controller and felt that the controller actually had 
too much of an advantage because of the aim assist in the game. Mm-hmm. So that's that's interesting. I'm actually going to try to see with the controller. I was going to try, yeah, last night, but then the beta ended, the demo ended early on in the day. So it was like, oh, fuck. Uh, anyways, but yeah, the keyboard and mouse, man. The, the thing that we noticed uh, immediately is because on console... On console, because of how each gun handles and because of how you can tweak each for that aim assist is specific to a a gun and how it'll handle and things like that, the differences between guns is a lot more noticeable. So Mm -hmm. on console, you're not necessarily going to use a hand cannon simply because your aim has to be that much better with with a, a hand cannon unless it also has very specific handling uh, uh, tweaks that you could do to it, and especially the aim assist. You might not use it. With the PC version, it's fucking all can cannons all the time. (laughs) Because you're getting headshots all the time, so of course you're going to use the best guns that pack the most impact. And in this case, it happens to be most of the time the hand cannons. And for the hunter, at least when you go into that room and you're told by the, uh, the, the taking King dude, so yeah, to pick a weapon, you get the sunspot for that. And I know, you know, the, the gun, obviously because you looked up by having one made. I mean, I'm physically having one made. Oh, you decided to get it? Good, good, yeah. It's such a good gun. (laughs) It's such a glorious gun. The the aiming is spot on. You also can tweak it so that it will highlight who will be hit by the AOE fire damage Mm -hmm. that's close to your target, which was awesome, and, and all kinds of other stuff. So... That's why I mean when it feels like cheating, but in such an awesome way, you're running around and headshotting with a sunspot or sunshot, sunshot or sunspot. I can't remember now. Sunshot. Yeah. And it's fucking glorious. I found the PC beta handled beautifully. And the best thing about it actually wasn't how it handled so much as how it looked and what mm-hmm. you could do to tweak the graphics so that it could work on practically any system. Because my system is not new. It's an old system. I've upgraded a few things, but not everything, including the video card. But even my upgraded, and I'm air quoting like motherfucker right now, is only a 960. <laughs> it's not a huge video card, a brand new card. And my son is using my old, old laptop that I gave to him. And it's got a 550M in it so we're talking these are old systems i was running it at 2.5k with most of the stuff if not at the highest closing in on it and he was running on low for most things but both of them looked good like his of course was a little blockier than mine but mine looked spectacular and like i said this is an old system so that was reassuring that was great to see well, and that's the thing. I'm not running a 1080. I'm not even running a 960. I'm running a 790 that I've I've tweaked, and it was fucking gorgeous. Like nice. and it was gorgeous out of the box. So like I didn't even have to adjust anything because one of the things that it, it, you can do when you go into the uh, settings and they had this here is you could push an auto button, scanned your system, yeah. did a little low test, and then set everything. I did that, and 
it was just flawless. No drop frames, no anything. And that's one of the things I do when I do like tests like this for a game that I know I'm going to like, I'm trying to make a decision on where I'm going to play it is I'll look for things like that. I'll actually run something that checks frame rate and checks, see if there's dropped inputs or, or, or things like that. Even in a beta, they have this thing so polished, despite some of the obvious bugs that they even called out before it ever went live, that this is fucking solid. And this makes me even angrier that I didn't get to play the first one on PC. Like, just legit, because if they could do this, I, I don't, like, they could have done it the first time around. They really honestly could have. A brand new IP, they would have had to do it partway into the life cycle of the game. It wasn't worth it at that point. Look, look at the state of the game when it launched without a PC. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> All I have to say is Taken King. Hey, we want more players. Fuck it, let's put it on PC. I guarantee you that would have they would have done a lot better. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm all right with it just coming out with oh. two. So that's, and again, I, will comment, I want to comment on one other thing too. Speaking of PC, the fact that they're going through Battle.net, I know a lot of people have been really upset about that. Even during the beta, the ease of grouping and finding people and just making new friends through that interface and having that already set was so fucking glorious. No more searching through a third-party website or, or having to, like, put in complicated, like, algorithms to accept or send a friend request on fucking Xbox One or something like that. It was it was so fucking easy. I fucking loved it. I agree. I agree. The, the battle on that thing never bothered me. I was kind of wondering what prompted it and how it came to be, but it's certainly not something that bothers me. Plus, they know how to make sure that their games don't get hacked as often anymore they've been doing this long enough blizzard that is of course so that's going to be important for this game because it would have been far too easy for them to just do their own uh server setup but then not have quite the experience of fighting against hackers on the pc side that they're not used to on the console side so i am i'm actually quite happy that they are they're going through blizzard so what did you think of the strike then? Because it was the same strike that we did on the console, the inverted spire. You finally got to do it all. What did you think of it? I actually really loved it. I thought it was, it was clever. I think it was a good choice. And the reason I say that it was a good choice is because it, it highlighted a whole bunch of different lighting and environments throughout the entire thing. And so when you moved from one area of the strike to the other, you were outdoors, indoors, diving down into yeah. the depths of an uh, of the tomb. It was fantastic. Uh, the story presentation in the tomb was actually really well, uh, really done as well. Well done as well. God, fucking words are hard. Uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And the boss at the end was no fucking joke. Oh, God, no. <laughs> and, and I felt accomplished when we killed it. And it was great. And it was one of those things where, like, the platforming was solid. Uh, we found a couple hidden items uh, in the strike in various areas because we cleared out an area before. Uh, you know that section where you go through the fire turbine into the the, the thing to drop down? Yep. We didn't do that. We kind of searched the area. We found a whole bunch of, like, hidden shit. There was, like, three hidden Oh, caches. yeah. And it was, like, really cool because, again, it felt rewarded for exploring which is something that they said they wanted to do and we've heard them say that but to see it to witness it to experience it firsthand fuck yeah it was great it was fun because if you were with a group of friends you can easily just okay you know what we're gonna hold off on the objective for a moment and let's just kind of poke around 
and see what the hell is going on. And so there was so much to do in that strike, just dicking around if you wanted to with friends. And then if you wanted to just have a, a very fast run with be it a pug or just again, friends, listen, I've only got a few minutes. Can we just rush through? You could bypass different things as well and just kind of beeline for the, the specific objectives that you need to keep going and get through it at a reasonable pace. And the thing that I like going back to what you said about that feeling of accomplishment when you beat the final boss, one of the reasons why I, I felt the same way is because both having played it on the console as well as on the PC, because I ran that fucking strike over and over again. I It was it was so well designed that I didn't care that I wasn't really getting anything or not really progressing. It was just fun and I loved it. And one of the reasons why I also felt that feeling of accomplish on the boss accomplishment on the boss is because I had enough games where within like motherfucker was at like 2% and you wipe (laughs) and then you got to start right back from the beginning of that, that fight and there's multiple tiers. So it's like, ah, God damn it. So yeah, it is so easy to completely wipe on it that when you do finish it, it's like, ha ha motherfucker, <laughs> we got you. <laughs> so, and just a fun, fun strike. I love the mechanics. I, I found the sweet spot for the path to run for the, the actual uh, uh, mining rig. So that doesn't bother me anymore. <laughs> so that's good. But I consistently will see people die behind. I mean, bugs. And I was like, don't worry, <laughs> you're the rest. one carrying the team through. So, but no, it's the entirety of the strike was great. The only problem I had is that the PC version, uh, it is almost as if they dropped the ammo drops because on the console, there was a lot more ammo, not I, a ton, but for I this man, didn't have a problem. Oh, I have I, no clue what happened with you, man. Like, both, I don't know if both Tristan and I. Both Tristan and I had the same problem, and I actually spoke to a number of other people who felt the same way too. That's so weird. He's like, I and I because when you said that, I was like, okay, I'm gonna actually pay attention to this when I'm running shit. I didn't have a problem. Like, I did not, uh, I didn't have any issues. I didn't run out of ammo, and I'm not like a great shot. I know I'm not exactly like a god at this game. I'm pretty, pretty awful, honestly. Let's let's be true. But I didn't have. I never ran out of ammo on any of my things except heavy. That's it. Oh, we, I, we both like routinely, I would run out of ammo on all my guns and then it's a mad dash to look around what I can find or go around and punch people. Or I played a lot of Titan, <laughs> just go around and punch <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, but also what it made me do in certain circumstances where it was a little touch and go kind of thing is it forced me to use my super before I wanted to use it. And that's not good either. Yeah, it's a strategy you can use. It's in your back pocket if you need it. But for the most part, you want to hang on to that when you will really need it against specific bosses in specific areas. So I just... I found that they could have done something about that. And I'm not talking about the the heavy ammo. That is supposed to be more rare because it's a game changer. That's something that they've been saying in various dev interviews as well, too, how that's being handled now. So I'm all right with that. It's the other two. It's They need to increase the drop rate, as far as I'm concerned. So was there any parting thoughts before we move on from Destiny then? Did you also see the uh, the quick thing that they talked about during Gamescom about... Uh, there's going to be multiple ways to play solo now as well that they, they talked about after this. No, I didn't see what they say. So there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. So we talked about the, the exploration thing. One of the things that they're going to do is there's going to be areas 
that aren't instances. They're not dungeons or strikes, uh, but they're hidden throughout the entirety of, of the game world where if you find a set of glyphs, uh, they're meant to point you in the direction of hidden areas that have bosses like strike bosses and reward loot and have achievements and, and tons of hidden stuff for you to, to actually uncover uh, that they're specifically targeting and gearing towards single players uh, or people who just prefer to play solo who want to explore, which is really, really cool. Um, they talked more about uh, story delivery and how they understand that the grimoire was a shitty, shitty thing to make people go through. Oh yeah. And they wanted to focus on story quests and story things involving more cinematics, more story specifically targeting players on the solo scale so that they don't necessarily have to have a group or have to have a clan to experience the story of destiny. And they've said they made it a, an absolute point to make sure that the story of destiny two is right there in front of you in the game. It's not something you have to go searching for, which I thought was huge. Um, they're also going to have, uh, they're not quite strikes, but they're called adventures. And they are things that when you are solo playing, when you're not in a, a group, a fire team, NPCs will randomly give you essentially a solo player strike. Uh, something in the world will trigger an event and they'll say, okay, well, you know, this is going on. I need you to go do this for me. And it's over here now. Go do it. Very similar to how like patrols used to work. But again, it's an adventure. It's going to have bosses and it's going to have that strike feel, but you can do it by yourself. Also, coincidentally, making you feel more badass. So that's awesome. Actually, they're doing a lot of stuff with that, uh, which I think is fantastic. Um, there was something else that I just forgot that they had talked about as well. It was on the tip of my tongue. Oh, Shit. Luke Smith's been talking about ton about a bunch of different stuff too that video that i posted in our discord he goes mm -hmm. through a ton of stuff which was again not just interesting but very reassuring because they're quick to point out their failings as well and what oh, yeah. they're trying to do to fix it like when he's talking about the loot cave and everybody's asking are you going to have another loot cave and he's going no, and here's why. Because it was incredibly humbling for them to come to the realization that players would rather stand in the same spot and just fire into the cave than play their game. So they want to make sure that doesn't happen again and that they're creating something you actually want to do to get your loot versus just stand in one spot. So there's a lot of really cool stuff that they've been saying that, again, very reassuring for Destiny 2. So oh, Vince, that was the other thing. Sorry, they... they Real quick, that was the other thing they were going to say is that they wanted the NPCs to feel uh, more alive and actually have something. Because like, that was another people thing that people complain about the first one is the tower felt empty. Even if there were like, unless there we'll were talk about the Cryptarch was the best villain in the game. <laughs> <laughs> but they wanted the NPCs to feel more involved, more important. So we're actually going to be doing stuff with them a lot more. And flashpoints, that was it. That was the thing I was thinking of. Um, so remember when during Taken King, they would have those things where they would have sort of like random invasions that would happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're actually structuring them and improving upon that and, and having these things that are flashpoints. Uh, it actually, from the description of it and from what I've seen from what they showed, it actually seems like what they used to do in Warhammer online way back when with these big public events and they're going to show up on the map. You're going to get notifications when they're happening 
And it's going to be a thing where you don't necessarily have to join the group, but it's going to be uh, like an invasion or an, uh, an event or something, not always the same thing that you're going to have to go deal with as a player that you can go again as a solo player and enjoy. Like, I really appreciate that. This is sounding more and more like, again, they looked at what a lot of the players are doing in Destiny, which is going down to a planet and dicking around and just doing some stuff, patrols and, and whatever. And they're like, okay, well, here's some different ways of essentially doing the same thing, just a lot more interesting and more rewarding. Oh, dude, that's fucking awesome. Cause mm-hmm. It almost sounds like they talked with Blizzard and Blizzard was like, here, here's how we fucked up and fixed it. You can have these. Because it sounds a lot of stuff like they did in Legion, yeah. honestly. Like of all the stuff we've seen for the game, and like yeah, the story missions and the strikes, and uh, it all looks fantastic. But still, every time I see it, the thing that I personally get more most excited for is the European Dead Zone. Like they released a little video last yeah. week, and I was like, oh my god, I can't wait for this. Like it's it's you're never leaving the farm, are you? Well, you know, eventually you got to get to season three, but you know, I'll, stay, I'll spend some time. <laughs> with Joe, did you actually go to the farm for the little bit of time that it was there? Yeah, I mean, it's a social area, so there's not yeah. a whole lot going on there. But what was there was very interesting, like the the garage, the old beaten down area, the sitting areas, everything like that. Where they looked fantastic, the area felt alive. It felt like it was being reclaimed. Um, I I just thought it was great. I think I actually preferred it to the tower as far really? as the social zone goes. Huh. Yeah, actually, I did not. But I like the sci-fi feel of what it was before. So that's why. This feels a lot more like a post-apocalyptic game than Destiny. That's cool, and I'm all right with it, and I like where it's going, but that's just a personal preference. One more thing to be mad at Gary about. Yeah, fucking Gary. Um, The other thing, though, and the reason why I brought up the farm is when... uh, the the testing for that was again very limited and I was I was on and Tristan came by and he was looking over my shoulder because he hadn't seen it yet. And the the best part about that isn't the farm. It's looking in the distance at the what's in other zones just outside of the farm. Like there's one crash there. Like we were both is that supposed to be the traveler? Because it looks like the husk of the traveler almost with like smoke billowing out. But all of those areas on the outer perimeter, and this is what I was telling my son. I was saying, you know, one of the the really cool things about Destiny was that you can explore so far. Like you'll see something in the distance and be like, God, look at how cool that is. You can hop on your speeder and go to that spot. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And so knowing that and knowing that we're going to be dropping at various points on the planet, same as we did with Destiny, it's quite likely they'll drop us there in the middle of the conflict so that we can have these dramatic moments there too. Like it was all of those things on the outer perimeter that I was like, that's what I'm excited about, seeing what's out there. I want to go explore and see what's going on out there and fight whoever's there. That was spectacular. And you're going to be rewarded for it, apparently. Yeah. So, Vince, parting thoughts. What did you think? Looking I, at it, I'm super excited to not get to play this when it comes out. <laughs> you're, did you actually buy the pre-order the PS4 version? Oh, it, it's downloaded. It's ready to go. Okay. But because of overtime, I'm not going to be able to play it next week. Oh, really? Oh, I actually. I'm going to be lighting a candle for Vince. Actually, <laughs> I have uh, Tuesday off. It, I just I didn't planet because of the game but because we have monday off so i booked um 
I booked Tuesday off as well, just so I can have a nice long weekend. I got my plans for Tuesday. (laughs) Do you want to tell them? No, don't even think about it because I looked it up. And if you pre-order on PS4, you get it one day early. So it's opening at 9 a.m. Pacific on the 5th. Oh, hot shit. All right. Okay, we're we're in. (laughs) <laughs> I, I did. Tuesday is my one day off next week. I, I didn't a, know that. Congratulations, Vince. I'm actually on the page still. Uh, PlayStation.com <laughs> page. Countdown to launch. PlayStation Store enables you to preload and play Destiny 2 immediately at launch. Not Oh, 9 p.m., not 9 a.m. Motherfucker. Oh, Jesus. Damn it. I oh, missed right. It's <laughs> a oh, midnight. Roger. Fuck. Uh, yeah, it's 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 midnight Eastern is when it unlocks. I swear to midnight, God, I read Tuesday five night. or nine a.m. somewhere. I can't be the only one. Then somebody else must have, because I I point blank made point of looking up the time and everything. Fuck. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> so, any other parting thoughts before we move on to the next games? Go fuck yourself. There you go. Okay, Joe, Immortal Unchained. So this one ticked a lot of weird boxes for me i actually didn't really pay much attention to this i i kind of heard about it but didn't really pay attention to it until this trailer hit and, and it looked like too human that's ex- oh my god i uh, thank you because <laughs> i was thinking so, the same thing it's it, it looks like that very sci-fi slash pantheon ethos mismatch I'm on fucking board just for that alone because that's that's my that's my fucking aesthetic like that right there that that's everything that I fucking Joe and love. Vince, the two people that liked that game exactly right I, two people that played the game, uh, <laughs> but that right there as soon as seeing that on my radar I need to know more about this I need to see it like in my hands I want to play this fucking game now the cool thing for me too is that when I started looking more into it and finding out what it actually is all about. It's fucking Souls-like shooter RPG hybrid set in this setting. So guns, close combat, magic, weird alien fucking monsters and technology that you have to go through, and you're kind of like a holy fucking bonnie hunter for a pantheon. That's your job as the immortal. But if you die, you lose everything that you accumulated, including any bounties that you haven't turned in. And it's just like, that's cool. And while we do love story-driven games here, the story is going to be veiled a little bit, where you are going to have to talk to NPCs in the game to understand what's going on. But in the context of the character you're playing, because you've been locked away for fucking eons, you have no clue what the hell's going on that's perfect. Like, to me, that makes sense. Like, I've been locked away for a thousand years. Yo, a person that I don't want to kill, what the fuck's happening? And then you get the story of what's happening through that person's perspective. That's fucking cool. Like, I'm on board 100%. It's really funny because, Roger, when you posted the the link to all the videos and you're asking, oh, which ones do you want to talk about? So I was just, like, scrolling through the list. And I see that one, and I was like, I see the word souls-like, and I was like, okay, keep scrolling. But then the other night when I was, of course, getting ready for the episode, I was like, I should probably watch some of these trailers, even if I don't want to talk about them. I watched that trailer and I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, this, exactly. This is fucking cool as shit. I, I'm actually very interested in it as well. Yeah, it does look cool. 
Okay, moving on. Also, uh, there was uh, fighting games. <laughs> Justice dragon, 2 dragon. is getting Hellboy. That was awesome. Uh, and then there was also uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite and Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which, Joe, you wanted to talk about. Honestly, I was just going to say that I, I'm super excited about this because it's bringing... I love fighter games, maybe not as much as Vince and Allie do, but I do love fighting games, but I'm fucking addicted to Dragon Ball. It is not even funny. <laughs> it looks gorgeous. It's a 2.5D uh, fighter, so it's side, but it's got depth and, and, and camera angle shifts, and it's covering, apparently, all of the eras of Dragon Ball. It, it It's looking at the trailer just reads to me like everything that was great about street fighter with a dragon ball z skin on it and i'm on board for that also android 16's back <laughs> it, it it's it's absurd like i i had to watch that trailer a couple times and remind myself that it wasn't animation like that was just how the game looks yeah it's, right it's they've just nailed the aesthetic but also like the little things of like how ridiculously over the top the franchise gets like did you know the clock actually stops during some of like the huge super maneuvers because they know yes. it takes so much time yes. and it's just, again it's it's straight out of the show because oh goku's charging up his super let's cut to commercial <laughs> it, 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 i can't believe how fantastic of a job they're doing it's it blows me away okay moving on there was a bunch of Recent games as well. I'm not going to bore you with those. The Crew 2 looked great. If Joe got to talk about Dragon Ball, you could talk about Cars. Uh, but we got actual other games that fit the theme of the podcast that I am excited about as well, too. The only thing that I will say, too, is that we got a little bit more, not a ton, but for Need for Speed, the next one that's coming out. And again, it looks really, really good with a fun story. Not hugely original, but... It does look like it's going to be fun, so I'm looking forward to uh, to payback. And yeah, there were a couple that, again, they all look spectacular. But that was one of the other things that I was telling my son as we're watching the trailers, because he kept saying the same thing as me. You're looking at it going, holy Christ, this is beautiful. Like, look at this. But we're at a point now where so few racing games don't look like this. Like, they pretty much all look spectacular at this point so then it becomes okay well what are the weather conditions because that does make a huge difference in race and fuck i'm talking about it i wasn't going to talk about it. anyways looked cool <laughs> moving on we got a little bit more on you know kuni 2 not a ton more but a little bit more for the combat and things like that once again seeing just how beautiful it is and still for me my one little caveat that i'm at well Sorry, the little fucking higgle to you things. I'm still not crazy about them. But it's those 3D bosses that I still don't like. But we got to see a lot more of, quote unquote, maybe mini bosses that you fight or big fucking creatures. And they are all animated as well. So I think for the most part, it's going to have that Studio Ghibli look. And just some of the bosses will be 3D. But I thought it, look, I thought it was very interesting that uh, in the cinematic trailer they had for Gamescom, it was from... What's his name's perspective? The the soldier kid. Yes. And not Evans. Like, I like so, that. Huh? I like that. Yeah. And it showed a completely different side of the game, whereas Evans' story is about, you know, hope and rebuilding. Like, his story is a little more on the dark side. And he's, yeah. you know, because the thing is, he's like 30-something. And when he comes to this world, he's aged down to be 
teenager or whatever but like it was it had an edge to it i was like this is actually really cool it's good seeing how those different story concepts are gonna like bounce off each other and i, and I hope the other party members kind of have similar themes for them yeah i agree you wanted to talk about uh shenmue <laughs> this the shenmue trailer is a thing <laughs> i it i i was hesitant but i was like okay i gotta see how the game's doing i clicked on it and immediately like when the music hits and the the animation and the art style like it, that wave of nostalgia just knocked me over i was like oh my god like that it reminding me that there actually is another Shenmue game out there. I'm going to be able to play at some point. And then you got to the creep show, like porcelain doll faces. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, like I know still in development. The budget actually isn't that big, but give me a facial animation. <laughs> like these were just blank slate faces that were the creepiest thing. And it's just, it completely took away from the entire rest of the trailer. Like all I remember is, Oh, music and cherry blossoms and Holy shit. Horror show faces. Like I don't. What's really funny is literally a couple of days prior to watching those videos. I watched a video on uh, the tested channel, which is Adam savages for MythBusters and some, some other people. And what they were doing is they were in VR it wasn't Adam, but it was the other, there was three others. And I don't know if you guys follow those guys, but one of them kind of branched off and did his own thing. And he's doing um, kind of development within VR and different things like that. So he brought over what he was doing. And essentially what it does is it takes the people and puts them in a setting so you could create virtual shows, essentially. And it was great because he's been doing this for a little while now. So he was talking about what you need to make sure that you do for facial animations, for hand animations and all those, so that you don't look like what we saw in that video. So that you have the eyes move, the eyebrows move, there's different facial tics, different things like that. Because without that, yeah, you look like fucking scary as shit porcelain dolls. And that's what that trailer was. (laughs) What did you think about the Sword Art Online 5, the Fatal Bullet? Yeah, really? Because I, I thought it looked cool. And here, here's the thing: it, it's one of those things where the franchise as a whole doesn't do anything for me anymore. Like I'm not happy with a lot of things that happened. Oh yeah. So like I, I it's kind of like The Walking Dead for me. Like how even as good as like certain individual parts of of it can be, like it, it's just kind of dead to me in general. Yeah, uh, I still like some of it, and. I, I agree with you. There's a lot of shit that I don't like, but I'm I'm hopeful that it won't be in here. I actually played a little bit of one of the fine, uh, the Sword Art Online games, the f- first one, the first one. I was playing it on. on I know Vita. most of them exist in our home somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> and and I actually liked it. I I enjoyed it. I didn't get very far, so I'm not going to pretend like I know everything about it. But I I enjoyed what I was playing, and so this here, depending on how the, it goes through, where it would presumably also instead of feel like an RPG feel more like a, a first person shooter. I'd be interesting. I, I'm curious because there was, there was some interesting stuff in that season. Again, some stupidity, but mm-hmm. there was also some, some cool stuff in that season. So I'm curious what they'll, what they'll deal with that and, and, and go from there. Uh, what about, there was a trailer for the escapist Two, which I figured you would like Joe. I it's, 
how do I how do I describe it? It, it is an escape simulator for prisons <laughs> in some, but done in like this weird, almost like advanced tactics art style. And I love this concept. I've actually been following this game since I heard it was a thing. It's not just, you know, figure out a way out of prison, but you, it has these RPG elements where you have to interact with the other, the other inmates. You have quests you have to do. You have to maintain uh, a daily life, uh, almost like a prison simulator in order to keep from getting in trouble all while plotting out your escape from the facilities. And they range from like really simple, like burrow a hole through a wall or dig a tunnel and you can get out to you're in the middle of the desert in this place that used to be a mining colony and you have to figure out how to get out. But your every single aspect of your day is just like down to the second is regimented. So where do you find the time? And it's, it's just such a cool concept. And from what I've seen, they do it really well. Like it's, it's super, super cool. And it's deep. Like the amount of stuff you can build, the amount of ways you could actually like progress are really cool. Like, and then it's multiplayer on top of that. So like you and I could, could join in and we could plotted our little duo escape from whatever prison. And it's like, you have a harebrained scheme. I have a harebrained scheme. Let's see which one works. It It's just cool. It's, it's a nifty fucking game. I saw that. And, and see the advantage that I have, well, you guys have it too, but with your spouses, but I have a built-in co-op partner with my son. I, I've had co-op partners with all of the kids and now it's his turn. <laughs> so I saw this and it's like, Oh, dad and son are going to be escaping from prison. This is going to yeah, this is going to be fun because we're definitely playing this. The other thing and I didn't look into it but he told me he did apparently and again if I'm wrong it's not me it's my son. <laughs> but apparently you can design prisons in Prison Architect the other game and import it into this and then you're trying to escape out of that prison. That's cool. I have not heard about this. Now, if he was wrong, it's possible he was wrong, but he said he looked into it and that's what it was. So I'm going to be looking into it further to see because if okay, that's no, the case. He is right. He is right. There, I don't think it was built in in the first one. I don't see anything about it being built into the second one, but there was a third party application uh, for Escapist 1 that would take prison architects uh, schematics and map them into... Uh, the escapist like a mod. It was a mod that would do it. That is so, so. awesome. <laughs> That's what I want. I want us to be designing the ultimate prisons and then testing each other to see who can break out of them. I I think that's cool. I think that's absolutely cool. And that's because they do have a prison uh, prison editor built into the escapist. And uh, I'm totally going to design something for you to escape out of, man. You and your son are going to have to suffer from whatever I, whatever hell I make, and then I will gladly suffer whatever hell you make. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait. It's so awesome. Okay. Moving on. The Good Life. Vince. Yeah, this is... <laughs> All right. So this is the latest game from Swery65, the Japanese auteur game director behind such batshit crazy hits as Deadly Premonition. And this is his newest game. Like, it's still... I, I don't even think it's like actually started proper development. This is kind of just like a concept trailer. I think it has a, I think it's coming up on fig or one of those uh, crowdfunding sources very soon. But this is that just weird shit idea of 
yeah, you're you're a, a newspaper reporter. You're going to a town to investigate the weird stuff that's going on. Like, okay, that's you know a pretty standard setup for a game. The weird stuff is everybody in town turns into cats at night. <laughs> Just the trailer alone sets such a feeling for what the how fuck? off the wall <laughs> and bizarre this game is going to be. Like I, I this this is so stupid that I can't help but love it. <laughs> Yet another one. We're watching, <laughs> and the moment they turn into cats, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and I just hear my son start giggling. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, what the hell is this? Hey, he says that the game is actually going to play like a uh, slice of life uh, day-to-day RPG. So now all I'm imagining is Sweary's take on Persona. Because that's how it reads to me is like the daytime parts of Persona are about going to school and hanging out with your friends. And then, you know, it, the game turns into like the weird monster shit later on. I was like, this is this is going to be glorious. It's going to be a clusterfuck. It's not going to make any sense, but I'm going to love it. <laughs> and then we had some different sim games as well. There was Surviving Mars, which I like to play on. You know, it's beautiful. Get to travel to an inspired and beautiful world. But you're going to fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was Lego Worlds as well coming to the Switch. And the Jurassic Park one actually looked fairly interesting, I thought. And and I'm not a huge Jurassic Park guy, but uh, Jurassic Park Evolution I kind of look kind of neat. That's the one being made by the uh, the coaster people, right? I don't know. I do not know. But anyways, look cool. I, yeah, it's I, uh, the Planet Coaster developers. Yeah. Uh, so. so, like, Planet Coaster was... For people who are really into those sim building games, like it was a good spiritual successor to Roller Coaster Tycoon. So taking that same concept into Jurassic World, where build your dinosaur theme park, it that's going to be fun because yep. what's going to happen when the raptors get loose? Like I can't wait. Oh, but then you have to deal with it. Like I've actually seen some like early stuff of it. Like yeah shit's going to fail it's all going to be can you contain it can you keep it out of the papers it's a fucking cool can, can you make it profitable that's all that matters. yeah it's yep. it's not about how much money you're going to or sorry it's not how many uh people you save but how many you're willing to sacrifice in order to make more money <laughs> <laughs> which is basically the formula for jurassic park okay what about this uh what is it forgotten Anne? this is a game that uh was showed off last year and i was like okay it's pretty interesting like it had like this puzzle platformer stuff but actually seeing it further on in development and this much closer and like the 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 animation like both in game and in the cutscenes, like it gives it such a flair of like this cool steampunk sort of world and i was okay and I, I went and read up and i was like on exactly what the game is about and we've seen so many games and looking at you right now dragon quest 11 uh that are about you know, people forgetting things, you know, oh, people don't remember their history and this entire kingdom is just gone now because people don't remember it anymore. And Forgotten Anne takes the other side of it. You play in the world where things go when people forget about it. So it's like a cosmic lost and found. And even the people who inhabit that world are people who have been forgotten and are hoping to be remembered someday can go back home. Like there's there's a lot of really fascinating story elements here that look like they're going to play out in a really fun, beautiful game. Yeah. Yeah. What really, what really struck me was just the level of like 
the animation level for it is just so gorgeous. And it, from what I've seen from early gameplay, it's so fucking fluid. Like it looks like you are watching scenes out of like a, a anime, like a cartoon. It's I'm sold. Like I, I need to know more. I need to play more. I mean, the fact that it's a puzzle platformer, we all know my addiction to those, uh, but it just, yeah, this, this is fascinating to me. And there's some interesting mechanics too, where it looks like you almost uh, steal the memory of lost memories. Like it's, it's so trippy. Okay. Moving on from there to much lighter game, the Lego Marvel superheroes two game looks fucking awesome. <laughs> there's a bunch of places they're taking you to the future for Spider-Man uh, 2099, going to Wakanda, the old West Asgard swamp thing, nowhere a Coliseum for fights. Like we saw in the Thor Ragnarok and a ton, ton more stuff as well as a lot of the newer Marvel characters like Ms. Marvel and things like that too. So Gwenpool was she in there? I, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. I'm sure she's got to be in that game somewhere. She better be. <laughs> but yeah, I like that they're incorporating the new characters, especially the ones that they've kind of been. On one hand, they're saying, "Well, eh, the diversity thing isn't really working," and the other hand, saying, "Well, we're really sticking with it, anyways." So seeing those characters appearing in these games, which is probably not Marvel pushing for that, but Lego. But who the fuck cares? We're gonna get to play as Miss Marvel. I think that's awesome. <laughs> You'd think the Lego games would have run out of ideas by now, but they haven't. They just keep getting better. Of course. And we got a little bit more on the South Park Phone Destroyer game that's going to be coming out with Epic Cards. <sighs> it's awesome. I pre-registered to get the Man Bear Pig outfit. <laughs> I did. I saw that if you pre-registered, you got that one. Fuck, you got me. <laughs> we got a little bit more on Battlefront 2 as well because they showed off the different planets and things like that that you're going to be going through, as well as a lot more of the Starfighter stuff, Starfighter Assault and things like that. Holy crap. Again, the game looks spectacular. And if they kind of learned their lesson about what didn't work as well with the first one, then there's a lot of <laughs> bad pun, but there's a lot of hope for this one. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it's going to play out. And that was about it for me, I think. Was there anything else you guys wanted to touch on? I think that about covers my list. I mean, there, there I, was I say, more. Like, you but... talked about, yeah, that there wasn't that many big surprises and all that this year. But I think total, like, actual presentation and the amount of stuff we saw. Like, we didn't get anything, like, new debut-wise, but we got a lot of extra information about games that we'd seen previously like, i i feel content wise this was a really good gamescom even if it didn't have really those holy crap moments not gonna disagree and there were a couple of like that bio mutant for me was a holy crap mm -hmm. that was out of nowhere and it was like holy fuck like i cannot wait to play that like on par almost with beyond good and evil 2 because of that same kind of style to it it, it had that same feel it yeah, was like, yeah, yeah both of those it's it's yeah so that was for me the big surprise and i was happy to see it yeah i agree with you guys so not a whole lot of surprises but it, it just felt it felt quality not not shock mm -hmm. value, and i'm okay with that so next week vince you are out we're gonna have I to uh 
to see what we're going to do for next week. We are going to be playing the shit out of, well, when I say we, I will be playing the shit out of Destiny 2 next week. So I'm not going to want to spoil that for either of you Oh, it's guys. fine. It just leaves so, me more time for Cuphead. That's a win. That's later in September. 29th. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, okay, we'll end with that because you found that other trailer for that. So tell us what we saw there. Holy fuck. You want to talk about smooth animation? This wasn't at Gamescom, by the way, but this was this was a thing where, like, the gameplay footage, this wasn't, like, an announcement. This is just gameplay footage from people that are actually getting to, to, to touch early levels. It's like watching the fucking cartoons we grew up on. Yep. The animation is so fucking smooth. They even have the old school lines from, like, when the film reels would run. They have that effect already built into it. The music is fucking phenomenal. Like, we've seen that, but watching how it interacts throughout an entire level, including, like, the overworld and how the music changes and how the music shifts when you're going from encounter to encounter. Oh, my fucking God. Like, I knew it was going to be something I wanted to play. I didn't think I could get more hype for it. Just watching 11 minutes of somebody else play this fucking game, I need it. Like, I need this, like... I. I don't even know what else, like, I, I might die if I don't own this game. <laughs> I need it. One of the things that when we were talking about, I pointed out, is how important the look and feel and sound of the game is to mm-hmm. this game. And it reminded me very much of the first Nino Kuni because the art style was Studio Ghibli. And the sound, everything, the, the sound, as good as the game was, the sound and the look of it was so so unbelievably important and that's what puts you in that world and that's exactly what this is as well the look and the sound just drop you in that time period and it's it is glorious and one of the things that i like too is that like we don't get enough of that time period an homage to that time period kind of thing and what i like is again when you were talking about the sound i picked up on that immediately as well because Back then, again, the especially for the cartoons, the music had to be just ridiculous, just bombastic, just larger than life. And just these rough cuts of when the scene changes and all of a sudden you got this core and it's loud, it's in your face and it gets you into the mood of what it is they're trying to convey. And that was this. It, it was that same kind of the music is taking you through the, the journey as well. God, it just, it brought back, like you said, mm-hmm. so many memories of Saturday morning cartoons. Yep, like I, I was right back sitting at my grandparents' house, sitting on the, the rug in front of the TV with them watching these old cartoons. Like, it's it's glorious. And if it has online multiplayer, you and I are fucking playing this game. Yeah, right? that'd be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun. Okay. The only other thing I will say before I let go is I picked up what is it called? Chess Ultra, I believe. The the chess game that you can get that's across yeah, chess Ultra. all the platforms. I finally picked it up for PS4 because I wanted to play it not just on the PS4, but also in VR. I have not yet tested it in VR. I haven't had a chance, but I did mess around with it just streaming to my, my Mac regular. Unbelievably beautiful. Plays like a dream. Great game. If you are a fan of chess, especially because this can be played against other people cross-platform, doesn't matter. I could be playing VR and Joe could be just playing it off the PC on Steam and we'd be playing against each other. It's just a great game. If you're a fan of chess, check it out. 
With that, we are going to call it a wrap. Thank you very much for listening. You can, of course, find the show notes at For The Lore, and you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, and you can also find us on Twitter at For The Lore. Joe is Loader ZJ, Vince is Simodian, and I am Zen Buddhist. And with that, we will see you guys next week for a fucking mystery episode. I don't know. Maybe some Dream more. Daddy. Dream Daddy. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh, I'm sick. I can't be here that I am so sorry. Screw you, Joe. It's funny. <laughs> I, I found a new dating sim for you, Roger. I'll link it to you later. I'm not the dating sims guy. <laughs> this is the second one I've played. <laughs> but it's awesome, so shut up. All right, guys, we're done. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, ManelliJamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs. 